Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 137 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. And I know that 2020 ended, you know, last not, month not, or yeah, beginning no. of this month, but for us... This is our this is our final farewell to 2020. Yeah, we figured we'd let it go out in style. A couple of things came up at the last minute that kind of took everybody's attention. Had, so. to, had to catch up on films. Um, this was a this was a big week as we record. There is a new president. Yep. So everything I feel like that just starts to make everything feel really different, and it felt like a good time to do our favorite movies of 2020 as we begin to experience some 2021 movies. And I love the way that you use the word films there to describe our list from 2020 because oh, you are not going to feel that way when you see the stuff on my list, Michelle. No. I apologize was... to everyone listening. Here comes Jacob's yearly garbage list. This was my kind of year because there was trash release this year. There was a lot of garbage that came out. There was a lot of good stuff too. There was. I think you don't seek it out as much because you like trash. I do love it. I love trash. It's, that's the way to go. And you know right, what? Tell me you're not going to talk about that stupid Will Ferrell movie. Oh, it's on there, baby. Oh, you know it's on God. there. So, I, that's probably oh. the movie I watched the most this year. Oh, my God. You watched that <laughs> so, more than one time? So, it was so, so stupid. So stupid. It's the stupidest movie of the year, and it was great. I loved every minute of it. Oh, we'll we'll very, get into it. You're very special. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of films. I tried to do my top ten, but I knew I would never, I would never actually get them all out. Yeah. So I think I have like seven. That's fine. That's Maybe. enough. Okay. You, you've read like a thousand books this year, so I don't know how you try and watch seven movies. It's true. I don't know where it all... <laughs> I don't sleep enough. Um, okay, so let's hop right into it. I'm going to go in order of from favorite okay. to also super good. Um, so my number one movie of 2020, which is on so many lists, so it's kind of boring, I guess, is Nomadland. Ah, that's the um, the one about the lady living in the van, right? Oh, yeah. I did so, not see that one yet. So it is about a woman, Frances McDormand, who best, everything she's in is the best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's definitely see, one of our top three actresses. Yeah, she's one of those actresses you see her name in something, and you're like, okay, you're like, this, sure. is, this is at least going to be watchable, unless totally. it's a Transformers even movie. The mo- even if the movie's bad, you know she'll be good. But anyway, so Frances McDormand, she's in her 60s, and she embarks on this journey through the western United States after losing everything in the Great Recession, and she's living as a van-dwelling sort of modern-day nomad. Um. And it's about the people she meets along the way, and almost everyone is just a real person who does live that van life that they met with, and then they were like, oh, would you like to be in the film? So it's all of their real names and stuff. The film is just made with such care and empathy, and I felt like every frame is really bittersweet and full of tenderness, and it's touching on something like hidden deep within the human spirit. Mm. Like you feel badly because her life is tough and it's forced her into this but at the same time that kind of like desire to keep moving is a way of survival there's also something really appealing about it where you're like she's not tethered down by anything so it's really your idea of what kind of a home is because so Fern drives from spot to spot and she works at like she'll maybe stay at the Badlands for a while oh, sure. and she'll work cleaning and things like that there or her big thing is around Christmas she'll go to those Amazon distribution centers and make some money there and she's really just such a product of her time um, and you know 
the suffering that people have had, but also that she chooses to live her life on her own terms. And she teaches you that you can find, you know, Amity in the uncertain. So there's no anger here, even in a film about, you know, you'd think she's she's downtrodden that there would be. Sure. So despite all of these external economic forces that affect her life, it's really not that kind of film. It is brilliantly directed by Chloe Zhao, and it is just one of the most honest films that I've ever seen. It beautifully captures the the restlessness that was left in the wake of the Great Recession and people that we forget that were forever affected by it. It's phenomenal. It's beautiful to look at. It makes you feel good. It makes you cry. It's everything that I want in a film. Oh, I can tell. Yes, I, I really, I was really quite affected by it. I'm gonna have to check that one. I know it's coming out. Um, yeah, on streamings and stuff. Yeah, like I was that, lucky sorry. enough to to see it um, on a on a screener. So oh, okay. it's not anywhere yet. So the library won't have this one yet. I think they were releasing it in theaters and seeing what happened. But it should be out by should, the should be end out like, of January. Yeah, it should be say. out soon. I'm pretty sure it's coming out in the next week or two. So. This is one that will probably you'll have to pay to rent, and I recommend it. It's worth it. It's oh. worth the money. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to actually check that one out. You have you have sold me on a Francis McDormand movie. I mean, didn't it doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't It doesn't take much at but, all. But, you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even get to make one van down by the river joke in that entire thing. That's how good your description was. <laughs> Thank you, although I love the van in the river. I love that bit so much. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, let me let me hang on. Let me stretch. Yeah, you just let stretch, me you prepare know, myself. Let me do a little meditation. All right, Jacob. You know what my first one's going to be. That's right. Eurovision Song oh, Contest. God, the story your... of Fire Saga. Oh my god, I that love that movie so much. That is your number one movie. <laughs> it's not my number one, but man, I liked it so much, man. It was so dumb. This is a movie that you've <laughs> talked about so much. I think my dad's going to feel compelled to watch it because it's on Netflix and he's going to really just hate you. <laughs> you know, no, you know what's going to happen? Your dad is going to call you up and be like, "I want you to buy the soundtrack for me for my birthday." That He's, he's going to walk into his house and yeah, yeah, ding dong is going to be playing and you're just going to Oh my gosh. So the, this movie is just, it's Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams in the Eurovision Song Contest, which is an actual like thing that they do every year in Europe, except for this year for some reason. I can't imagine why. Um, but it's just, it's a competition where they just bring countries compete for the top song in Europe for that particular year. Yeah. That is the setup for this movie. Yeah. And all this is is basically exactly the kind of Will Ferrell musical you expect to get up, except all the music in this movie I actually really enjoyed. Of course, the main one being Yeah, Yeah, yeah Ding, ding dong, dong. Which, look at that, you even know. I wish I was able to get a clip, but they don't let us put songs in. Between, between that one, the medley, the Dan Stevens Lion of Love song, there are the, they got Demi Lovato to record an original song for this movie hmm. that was like number 20 in the British charts and stuff. So... If you're looking for a stupid musical Will Ferrell movie that's going to be stuck in your head, go check out Eurovision. That's the one. Don't listen to Michelle. You're going to have a good time watching it. We can laugh again, people. I mean, I feel like you know who we are as people at this point, everyone. You can make your own decisions. That's true. Okay. My second favorite movie of the year, um, very close to tying for first, was Sound of Metal. Oh, I heard the I heard that was pretty good actually. And that's on Hulu. Yeah, that's, or oh, that's a prime one. A prime one. Okay, but it's free. So during a series of one night gigs, this metal drummer Ruben, who's played by that Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, yeah, from uh, the night before. Yeah, so. he's great. So he begins to experience um intermittent hearing loss. 
And then when a specialist tells him that his condition his condition is just going to rapidly worsen, he thinks that you know his music career and with it his entire life is over because he tours with his girlfriend and they're in the band together, which is a valid concern. Of course. So his girlfriend Lou, who's played by Olivia Cook, um, she checks. He is a recovering heroin addict, so she checks him into this secluded sober house for the deaf. So there's like, yeah, because she hopes that it will prevent a relapse because he's so stressed out and upset and that it will help him learn to adapt to his new situation. And he's really welcomed into this new community who accepts him just as he is. And Ruben has to really choose between his kind of his equilibrium and the drive to reclaim the life that he once knew, which is a really hard decision for him of like, do you try to get implants? Do you try to be the person you were or do you accept this life that you're living now? And there are these really startling and innovative sound design techniques that the director Darius Martyr used that really take you like inside Ruben's experience to vividly recreate his journey into kind of this rarely examined world of people who are losing their hearing or going deaf. So I, I, I really was into that. Like you're really brought into the film and it's, you know, some, it's a film about the trauma of having to adapt to new life circumstances that have been thrust upon you. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, even being deaf. It, you can relate to it in so many ways if you've really just had to adjust your your whole life. And it's about not processing this circumstance as something to fix in your life, but something to adapt to. Oh, okay. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. And Riz Ahmed delivers one of the most complex and moving on-screen transformations of the year. I feel like I'm, he should be surprised. nominated for an Academy Award because it feels very revolutionary and very beautiful. And this was a fantastic film. I, I have no. I actually have a good feeling like he's going to be nominated this year because I mean, I, that's I a, mean, I, exactly I, the kind of performance that you want to put up this year. Yes, I want him and I want Frances McDormand as my best actor, best actress. I would be mm-hmm. very happy. With that. that's, a, that's a fun combination, actually. I can get behind that. Yeah, it is. And I really stumbled upon that film because it was on Prime and because it was nowhere, free. It? Yeah, it came out of nowhere, didn't it? it just, yeah. So I was like, oh, there. what's this? I'll check it out. And like we were like, whoa, this is amazing. So there it is. There's my number two. All right. All right. Now All right, let's go again. Back you ready? to Jacob. You know what? I'm going to actually go with something <laughs> that a lot of people did like. Okay. Uh, because it was the highest grossing movie of 2020. Are you ready to find out what it was, Michelle? Yeah. You ready? Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys 3 ended up being the highest grossing movie. Wow. Is that because it came out when there were still theaters? Yep. It was one of the last movies to come out. And it made about $250 million overall and, you know, got the top spot this year. And you know what? It's actually a lot of fun. I don't know. Is it? I don't mind Bad Boys. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to ask if you saw the previous two. I did, um, yeah. If you saw the first two, you will love this one because I mean the, the second same one was kind, of, kind of terrible, but in a well, funny it's a way. Mike, it's a Michael Bay movie, yes. so they're all all Michael Bay movies have the caveat that they are awful, but they can be fun <laughs> to watch. This movie is not directed by Michael Bay. Weirdly enough, he he makes a cameo in it, but doesn't direct it. And I think I was like, oh, thank God, yeah. <laughs> somebody will actually you know Someone be better. restrained a little bit. Um, but it's basically the continuing adventures of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence running around Miami, 
catching criminals, they do add to the mythology a little bit, which I'm not going to go into because there's spoilers. There's actual spoilers in a Bad Boys movie that matter. As hard that's, to believe as that. That's a tough sell. Uh-huh. Um, and they also do a good job of setting up the franchise going forward. Because it's both, they bring back the Really? Two- more Will Smith and Martin Lawrence going forward? It's going to be like Grandpa's well, Bad Boys? Well, yeah, kind of. But it's also more like they're transferring them more into the cameo leader of the group kind of roles. Okay, so it'll, they'll pick some new young dudes and then those guys will show up and that movie will be awful. Well, they had actually, <laughs> that's what this movie was. Like, they had like Vanessa Hudgens and stuff were all appeared as the new Bad Boys crew. So they're oh. all like working alongside. They were actually pretty good in this movie. They, they got some good characters in here. Martin Lawrence, surprisingly funny in this movie. Can we just take a pause and remember in 2020 when Vanessa Hudgens went on her Instagram and was talking about COVID and was like, I mean... Like, I don't want to be in my house. Like, yeah, I mean, people are going to die, but, like, whatever. People always die. And and she took it down the next day, but it was too late. Well, (laughs) this is Vanessa Hudgens. This is a girl who basically, yeah, that she's not been the best actress out there. Not kept herself in the media. Not the best judgment, but anyway. She's never really been in the media under the best light since (laughs) high school musical. But that's that's irrelevant because she's barely recognizable. Anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like looking at Kim Kardashian. Is she going, good in this movie? Like, she's is her fine. acting good? Or no, yeah, she's fine. She's exactly what she needs to be. She's not a big part, but, okay. you know, she's good going forward. The movie's a lot of fun. You get to discuss the proper etiquette for having sex with a witch. <laughs> that is literally... Ew, Jacob? No, it's a, it's a it's a pretty funny little line back and forth between those two in that movie. Sounds it makes sense hilarious. In, it makes sense in context, and I guarantee you or Andrew would laugh when you All see right. it. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. Okay, moving on to another film. Third favorite of the year. This was Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, that's on my list too. Oh, is it? How about that? I'm sorry. We can both talk about it. We might as well. Let's talk about it as friends. Um, So the film is about what was intended to be a peaceful protest at the 1968 Democratic National Convention, which turned into a violent clash with police and the National Guard Mm. and the organizers of the protest which include um, Abby Hoffman, played by... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Look at you. How about that? Jerry Rubin. It's, oh my God. I could see him in my face. Jeremy Strong. Yep. Oh my God. I really love him. Uh, Tom Hayden. That's uh, Eddie Redmayne busting out this one. This one, you get this. I'll clap for you. And Bobby Seale. Oh my God. Yeah, it's Yahya Abdul-Mantin II. I actually kind of remembered that because I knew the dude from something else. I mean, we'll talk about him because he was amazing. So they were all charged with conspiracy to incite a riot. And then that trial um, ended up, it was followed. It was huge. It was one of the most notorious in history. And then we have our buddy who plays William Kunstler, the lawyer, who is? Mark Rylance. Gosh, we love him. We, we, off and on, yes. This one is, I love Rylance in this movie. He is excellent. Yeah, Excellent he's, he's great. Movie. So the film doesn't depict much of the riots that are kind of in question, no. but it does delve deeper into the courtroom and the social and racial discrimination that occurred. Oh, they did. Um, they go deep. That's what this movie is. It's a court drama, basically. Oh, it totally is. And it kind of shows the key moments that led to the seven of them being arrested. Um, it's, it's also set up in true Aaron Sorkin style because they are just... It is Bom- bopping off each other left and right. Yes, it is directed by Aaron Sorkin, and it the film plays squarely and compellingly to his strengths. Oh, oh yeah, like oh, that yeah. is really where he shines. That kind of that pressure cooker environment that suits him best. So the film really works with him as director, and he has just got like 
one heck of a cast. Oh, being like absolutely. the best that I think I've seen all of them in. I was really shocked by Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh yeah, and then like out of nowhere in like a side role, you got like Joseph Gordon-Levitt just busting out in this. Oh yeah, plot. I forget that he's in it. And uh, f- uh, the judge. Oh my God, Frank Skeletor. Frank Langella. <laughs> Frank Langella, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, I, everybody. What a jerk he was in this movie. Yikes. I mean, <laughs> that's... that was kind of the way that it that it went, but. I loved Abby Hoffman when I was young so much. Like, I loved his book. I loved watching things about him. So I was really excited to see him. And I was like, oh, no, like, Borat is playing him. And then I was like, he's great. Yeah. No complaints here at all. Here's a dude that was motivated this last year after, you know, missing out on the Academy Award because he got fired from the Queen movie. So he was definitely, like, out to prove that he was. I could see him being a supporting actor nomination for this role. I wouldn't be shocked by it. Yeah, between this and Borat this year, which was, it's on my list, actually, and it's surprisingly good, so believe it or not. Yeah, when you talk about that. But, yeah, so Trial of the Chicago 7 was fantastic. It's streaming free if you have Netflix. Because, like I said, because all of this was such a weird year, a lot of these movies have not hit DVD yet because they're trying to get as much money as they can. So it's going to take just a little bit for the library to get them. But if you have access to that, I highly recommend that film. Yeah, and we got plenty of books on this exact trial here, too, everybody. Oh, absolutely. you can learn about it. It is really fascinating. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that you watch it, you hear about the story, and you're like, you know what? I want to know need, more about because you know that some stuff is movified. So mm-hmm. you're like, I'd like to know the whole true story. Yeah, like what's real and what's not in this one. That's an excellent movie, man. I was yeah. very surprised how much I enjoyed. Look that. at you liking a good movie. I'm proud of you. It's weird. I don't I'm proud like it. Of you. I'm like <laughs> I like I got like another good movie on here. There's one okay. Or All right. Yeah, and then oh, yeah, we'll mention we mentioned Borat, so I'll say you know that's actually surprisingly good. It was surprisingly good, but I feel like you have to have seen the first Borat and you have to have enjoyed it to enjoy this one at all I hated the first movie and I you actually did? I, I did not like the first Borat I thought it was stupid I thought it's I mean isn't it supposed to be stupid how do I don't understand wait you love every movie that's stupid but you didn't love that stupid one so my problem with Borat always came down to you're picking on people who aren't in on the joke and that's the joke and I don't think that's a joke that's easy that's not a real joke anybody could do that you just you're, you're doing stuff that's meant to get a reaction out of people I, that don't know they're being made fun yeah, of I guess that's true so I don't look at that as that's not comedy that's just you know gotcha humor and that's not that's easy to do that's low-hanging fruit but this one they actually bothered to write a plot to it and have a storyline that was actually interesting and showed the care like imagine this character growth from the beginning of the movie to the end which Borat actually goes through somewhat in this movie and introduces his daughter whose name is escape me who's actually really good in this movie she's funny and it's an example of when people don't know that they're in on the joke you can actually make scenes important, like the one where they're with the the daughter and that um, old black lady, um, where she's like trying to be her life coach and everything. That lady was a beautiful, wonderful human being. Exactly, and that's an example of stuff you can do in these kind of movies. If that you're isn't not... just gotcha; it's like gotcha in a good way. Yeah, you know the stuff that you could find underneath, which is what made this movie a lot more interesting. And it's going to be in pop culture forever now, just because of the Rudy Giuliani scene. So oh, you'll never absolutely. not be hearing about this movie. But this, it's actually enjoyable to go and watch. So what's it called? Uh, Borat subsequent movie film. There which, it is. Okay. <laughs> that's a good title. That, that works um but yeah got that one and then yeah we'll go to your next one see what you got so my next one also streaming free this one is on amazon 
Um, so there is a series out right now called Small Acts, and it's an anthology comprised of five original films set from the late 1960s to the mid-1980s that tell personal stories from London's West Indian community whose lives have been shaped by their own force um, of will despite rampant racism and discrimination. And the title Small Acts is derived from the African proverb, if you are the big tree, we are the small acts. So these are all Steve McQueen films. And they're, like I said, there's five of them. So they kind of came out like TV show episode, okay. but they're movie length. So the first one in this series is called Mangrove. Okay. Um, it has been my favorite so far and one of my favorite films of the year. And this centers on Frank Critchlow. He's the owner of Notting Hills Caribbean restaurant Mangrove, which is a lively community base for locals and intellectuals and activists and everyone is hanging out there. And it, they're just living through this reign of racist terror and the local police raid Mangrove just over and over and over again for no reason. You know, making Frank and the local community take to the streets in peaceful protest in 1970 because they're like, we're done. Yeah. Like, get out of our community. We're trying to, like, have dinner and have a place to be. And then nine men and women, including Frank and the leader of the British Black Panther movement, who's played by... Uh, Letitia Wright. Is that how you say her name? Sure. The girl from Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah there's, she, there's somebody you're not going to be hearing about for a while. Oh, yeah. She did mess up. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, whatever. And then activist um, Darkest Howe. And they are all wrongly arrested and charged with uh, incitement to riot. Very similar to the Chicago, Chicago 7. Seven yeah. And then a highly publicized trial ensues. And this is all a true story, leading to a hard-fought win for those fighting against discrimination. So like I said, it's produced, it's directed, and written by Steve McQueen. And you just get full immersion into a really underrepresented culture. Mm. How much do you hear about West Indian people living in London? That's uh, not I a, never, exactly. Never that's not them. a story that you get. And then you, you're, you're really backloaded with ferocious courtroom drama, which I'm always a fan of. I am a total sucker for it. I cannot help it. And what I what I really liked about it and what worked best with having Steve McQueen direct it is because he really trains the camera on carefully chosen faces and spaces. It's just a technique of his that I really like. Um, and I feel like most of his movies would work as silent cinema because he's really good at just telling the story with the camera. He never turns away from rage or despair or anything. You're just there to kind of watch it and work through it yourself. It's a really great film. Okay. Yeah, so far, like I said, I, I've seen um, three of the small acts films. They're all good. This one is just, they just like front exceptional. Oh. Yeah, this one's exceptional. All right. I'll, so I'll, check I'll, out Mangrove. I'll to go check that out, man. Yeah, definitely. Watch, I'm going to get some good movies in. <laughs> yes, please. They're all, and so far, if you have streaming services, you know, they are there. Yeah. You can get them. All right, so the next one. I'm going to go with the number one action movie of the year, Michelle. Are you ready? <laughs> it is Chris Hemsworth's Extraction on Netflix, which oh, will no. also be out here. Oh, you talked about that, and my mom watched it, and she was not happy. <laughs> dear Lord, what a movie this one is. They kill so many people in this. There are bu bullets, explosions, people getting hit by cars. There's un there's like Children of Men-esque like continuous shot action scenes. Uh -huh. Oh, my God, it was just so great. If you like Chris Hemsworth, 
you'll like the movie. If you like action movies, you're going to really like the movie. If you like movies with a discernible plot or very good acting, it's not uh, for you, this maybe. is not the movie for you. Um, but if you're just know. looking to turn your brain off and watch the newest franchise because they're already working on two follow-ups to this one. Oh, Michelle. Lord, they always are. Oh, it's, it's so much fun, man. Go, go check that one out. Uh, another one, Kristen Stewart actually made a good movie this year. Believe it or not. I'm surprised. The Christmas movie we talked about? No, that's uh that's not Kristen Stewart. That's the yes, uh, it is. that's uh Amelia Clark. Kristen Stewart's the girl from Twilight. Yes, she was in that new Christmas movie we literally talked about in our Christmas episode. Wait a minute. I'm thinking about Last Christmas. That's what I'm thinking. The George Michael one. What one are you thinking about? No, Last Christmas the song? No, the movie. I don't well, this is George a- Michael is in a movie? Oh. Right now, we uh, you know He's what? Dead, Jacob. Speaking of my favorite this Christmas ghost movies, movie? <laughs> the movie of, that was based on the music by George Michael about called Last Christmas, starring Amelia Clark. Oh, it's, it's real dumb and a lot of, and actually pretty. No, it's incredible. called The Happiest Season. We talked about it like two episodes ago. Anyway, what wow. is your Kristen Stewart movie? It is Underwater. Oh, it's on my list. It's, that's on. Was that on HBO? Yeah, it's on HBO yeah, Max right now. That's where I have it saved. Uh, it is actually a pretty enjoyable little popcorn flick. Okay, ninety minutes long. Just like um alien movie. It's like an alien-esque kind of Under- experience. Alien underwater. underwater. <laughs> um, trying to escape from a underwater facility that is collapsing. And as her and a couple other people um, are trying to get out of there, I think Vincent uh, Castle is one of the, is one of the uh, other people in there. Uh, they have to deal with underwater creatures that I'm not going to get into specifically what they are, but it's actually really cool. The atmosphere in this movie is great because you're stuck underwater. It's really dark. I'm it's really clamped, happy to hear that because they make a lot of terrible sci-fi films, and I'm always super disappointed. Yeah, this one it just keeps going. Like you don't even have time to think about it. It's like you're in and out of there less than 90 minutes. Kristen Stewart actually does a pretty good job in this movie, so long as she doesn't smile. Oh, it's Kristen Stewart. Okay, man. good. Phew, phew. I actually really like her with this little blonde pixie cut she has in this movie. Yeah, too. she is hot with it. Yeah, I was like, ooh, wait a minute. That's actually kind of what got yeah, me no, in the first she's, place. Yeah, no, she's super hot. No denying that. Well, I would argue with you there, but with this particular haircut. Okay. But yeah, underwater, a lot of fun. And then I guess another quick one, Sonic the Hedgehog, man. This movie no. should have been terrible. No. It's not. It no. is a lot of fun with the new character. I'm editing that out now. Jim Carrey is sp- oh, come on. snip snapping all over this one. They just all let him right. go great. Blah, blah, blah. It was number three movie of the year, Michelle, so you have to talk about it. Dislike. People have no <laughs> taste. Um, okay. New one. As soon as it came out, my friend and I rented it, and it is Promising Young Woman. Oh, I don't. I heard of that. I have not Hooey. watched it. So it is about a young woman played by Carrie Mulligan. Also oh, okay. phenomenal. Haunted by a tragedy in her past and takes revenge on the predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. Oh, boy. So something really terrible happened to her friend in college. Doesn't take a genius to piece it together. And so I'm going to give you like an idea of what it's about. So the opening scene is, you know, you see a woman at a bar and she appears incredibly intoxicated. She's falling over in her seat. She's barely able to keep her head up. And she's noticed by three average guys. One of them is played by Adam Brody. And he saunters over to her with like, he's telling himself like, I have the best of intentions. She's in trouble. He's a nice guy. Sure. And... You know, if he doesn't get her home safely, some bad guy could do horrible things to her. So he's like, all right, let me help. He would never do that. So he introduces himself to her. It's Carrie Mulligan, who is like clearly too intoxicated to even know what is going on. Okay, so she's levels beyond. 
And of course, as he helps her get home, he suggests maybe they should go to his apartment first. And despite her being barely conscious, he starts to kiss her. And then he moves her to the bed. And like, this is a scene that we've seen and me and my friend are obviously raging. And then all of a sudden she's like, I told you no. And he realized that she is not drunk. And he is not a nice guy. And so that's kind of what she does. And it puts that fear into it. And do you know where the title comes from? Promising Young Woman? I do not, no. One of my favorite bits. It's a reference to how the media called the rapist Brock Turner a promising young man. Oh. And that is why he got such a light sentence. Because he was such a promising young man. And how not a lot of like people know that name, but fewer know um, Chanel Miller. That's the woman who spoke out against him and wrote a title because it's it, it's really how women really lose their name in this, and it just becomes you know you hear about the guy and they're just yeah. like blah blah blah. So her whole thing is she wants the world to remember her best friend's name and and what happened to her. Wooey. I will say I, like way, I got a little hard candy vibe the way you're describing this movie. I think this movie hits women a little more than men. Sure. I think that that's that's expected. That's okay. It is just really provocative and it's such a timely thriller. Oh, but okay. I think you'll really enjoy it. Knowing who you are, you're going to be totally on board with this film. Yeah, this um, Adam Brody dude doesn't sound like a good guy to me. I might be uh, There's a lot of not good guys. I might be up for whatever and happens. And it's to not him. an over the top. This is like a lot of men. There's a lot of dudes that I've bumped into mm-hmm. in life. So you're not like they're all scumbags, but it's like a pitch black dark comedy in Ooh, senses. That, that, like it has that. It has. Um, I like that. Bo Burnham's in it. The the comedian. Eesh. He's great though. Yeah, that that's nope. where it gets a little dicey. No, he's he's great. This is a great revenge movie. It's astonishingly powerful, and it's it, it's mostly because there's really deeply layered performances by Carrie Mulligan. She's a good actress. I feel like she's, she's got a, a bad rep, but like when you put her in stuff, she's good. She's always good. It's not a perfect film. There's obviously those moments where you're like, eh, little heavy handed here, but all in all. Very, very good. Highly recommend Promising Young Woman. Nice. I like, I like what you're going here. There's yeah, defi- it's like one of those $20 to rent because that's what they're doing now. So get a friend and bite the bullet and pretend you're in a movie theater because that's just what you have to do. Pretty much. It's it's That's how things are these days, everybody. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll bring up a couple of ones real quick. Uh, we have to mention Mank because we yeah, kind of, no, we kind like of forgot Mank. about it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. One of the ones that's going to be for Best Picture. Hopefully, It's on my actor. top 12 of the year. Top 12. <laughs> that's what I have to do. I do a top 12. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> um, the Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, a underrated big hit this year. That was okay. I know that was a big hit. I didn't love it as much as everyone. Well, but it's it's not one bad. of those Blumhouse movies. So they're cheaply made. They based a lot on the performance, and they're like not exactly the most exciting ones. But there's a lot of good stuff going on in there. Um, Bill and Ted face the music. Perfect way to end a trilogy. I actually enjoyed this movie. A little disappointed it didn't go out to theaters because I feel like it could have actually done something. Mm-hmm. in there and then uh, weirdly enough there was a good dc movie this year with harley quinn birds of prey oh i yeah i don't really yeah i'm, I'm not those. surprised by that but it actually there's I a lot heard of, it wasn't bad there's a lot of good like girl power stuff in there a lot of it's a girl team up movie the music's pretty good direction's good when you're watching it you're like but how actually... stupid these are the same dudes i feel from promising young woman that they had to change the title of the emancipation of harley quinn because they said men weren't going to see it well nobody was going to see it because they didn't know what it was because they the, the, i know exactly what it was it was a harley quinn comic book movie what is there not to know well 
you didn't put Harley Quinn in the title. That's the problem. That was the problem. That literally was. They it called was. It, it was the emancipation of Harley Quinn. It was like just Birds of Prey originally. Oh, and then they added all the other well, stuff because everybody was like, I don't know what this movie is. I guess. I mean, you saw that her face was all over it, but yeah, continue. If you, didn't know, if you didn't know Margot Robbie was in this movie, I don't know what you're doing. And then <laughs> yeah. my biggest disappointment of the year, Tenant. Oh, Tenant. Um, so, I didn't hate Tenant. It's not in my top, I but I didn't hate it. Like I wish I could go back in time and tell my younger self that I need to well, like really think about if I want to watch this movie or just read the hype about it. Here's the thing. I watched four videos before Tenant about what it was going to be about. It explained the time travel. It mm-hmm. explained the timeline. I didn't care about spoilers. I wanted to watch <laughs> the movie understanding it. Spoiler so, alerts, I guess, everybody. But. So I, everyone knows this time travel movie. <laughs> so I enjoyed it more because I had that basic understanding. Yeah. If I had watched it blind, I went to this movie cold. Yeah, like, you don't, like, you won't understand one thing. He made it. He went too deep. He went way too deep. You couldn't figure it out on your own. I feel like he really wanted it to be like the Prestige, where like at the end, you like he feels like everything falls into place, and, and I'm it like, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his big reveal, you're like, neat, I don't care. Yeah, you're so, like, I got to get out my, my stencil here and like my If notebook. you're going to watch Tenant, it, it is really pretty to look at. It sure. has some cool scenes, but I honestly, like I said, I watched like four videos and they were like 45 minutes each. Yeah, you got to. I did homework. Yeah, you, you're going to have to do some research before you go <laughs> yeah. on this movie, man. It's good, but uh, but, but the big, there's a big but on that one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish up. I'll do two more. This one is so random. And a lot of people aren't going to like it, but I loved it. I, so I got to talk about it. It's called First Cow. What? It uh, is. Oh, do we switch brains no, or something? What is, are you talking about? It's directed by Kelly Reinhardt. And it is about this like taciturn loner. And he's a really good cook. And he's traveled west to join a group of fur trappers in the Oregon Territory. Though he only finds a true connection with this Chinese immigrant who is also seeking his fortune. Um, and then soon the two collaborate on a successful business, which is making biscuits. Although to do that, they have to steal the milk from this wealthy landowner's prized cow. Okay. It is like- Title makes a little more sense now. This, you know, that time period people are trapping. It is a hard life. You watch those films and you're like, I would not have survived this time period in any way. Um, Oh, absolutely not. You're like, no, thank you. I like to be warm. It's a really unhurried film. I'll say. That's okay, I like the like, way you put that. In a, Unhurried. But I think that's what makes it really captivating. It allows you to really to let it all sink in and absorb the story and its setting, which is kind of like a bro film. Oh, okay. But set in like such a different time. It's minimalist, but it's a humanist story. And it really touches on a lot of things like labor and capital and history and kind of like national myth. Hmm. Um while making a really lovely low-key buddy picture. Okay. It's really weird and it's slow and I don't expect everyone to like it. But man, oh man, there is something about it. You gotta love that one cow, man. Something about it. <laughs> this friendship. So anyway, first cow. And then the last one. Um, ooh, this is the heaviest of all of the films. I will oh boy. I will let you know. Um, it's called Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Oh geez. Just that title alone just has me walking back. Well, it's like one of those doctored like checkoff boxes, you know, where it's like, Do you do this? Never rarely, oh. sometimes always. Is that what those are called checkoff boxes? I don't know. Oh, That's okay. what I call them. So faced with an unintended pregnancy and lack of local support, Autumn 
who's played by Sydney Flanagan, who we're going to talk about in a minute, and her cousin Skylar travel across state lines to New York City on this fraught journey of friendship and bravery and compassion to find access to an abortion for her. Okay. And you really watch this film, and I know that for some people it's a really sensitive issue, um, and for others you're just like, it should never be this difficult for someone to seek this medical procedure uh, yeah. in her life where she is young and poor and th- a baby would obviously ruin her life. you know, and the, and the babies on some occasions. Oh, completely. So director Eliza Hittman has a wonderful att- attention to detail. And this is another one that shows you really can carry an entire film without words. There are very long periods where they're not talking because it's really stressful. It, but it feels really realistic of these two girls in the city with lack of funds lack Mm. of somewhere to stay having to deal with this um and you know you get the emotion not just in their faces but really in everything in in blinks in like scenes of just their hands it it's really really striking the the smallest of actions in this film speak really really loudly and i was i was just impressed um by it and there's also I mean, I don't really film feel that the film kind of takes sides in a political argument. Okay. You know, there's no antagonist, you know, or nothing really goes horrifically wrong. Nothing becomes hopeless. You know, it's not one of those worst case scenario films, but it's real and it's hard enough just being real. Now, Flanagan, who is the star of the film, oh my gosh, she's so good. And she is a 21-year-old resident of Buffalo. Oh, really? Yeah, she lives here still. Oh. Yeah, she, so get this. Get her on the show. Well, I mean, maybe I've been, ta- I've been talking to her on Instagram because afterwards I was like, you were just like, you just blew me across my living room watching this film. Um, but so she received an email asking her to audition for this film which she was like, what is this, spam? Because I'm not an actor. I'm just like a person living at home. So what happened is these filmmakers, like seven years ago, they were in Western New York shooting that film Buffalo Juggalos. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, Buffalo and Juggalos, wow. they met her at a party in South Buffalo. And they were like, okay, cool. And they ended up kind of like following each other on Facebook. And Flanagan was a student for, of the Buffalo Academy for Visual and Performing Arts. And she would post a lot of like music videos that she would make on Facebook. So just stuff like that, like her playing music and putting the song up. But they saw this and they loved it. And they were like, we want you. Like we've been auditioning all these people, but you keep popping into my head, even though she's like, I don't, I've never acted. And they put her in the film and she is perfect. She okay. is wonderful, and I love that since the movie, she's back in Buffalo, and she's like a janitor at the Buffalo Niagara Convention Center. She's just living like a normal life, even though I feel like she could literally be nominated for an Oscar for this role. Oh, So wow. I'm just like fascinated by it. Um, I recommend it if you feel that that subject matter is something that you can watch without getting really upset. It's a really good film. It sounds um, like it's going to be a little on the rough side, so... But it's not like it's not that like where it's like, oh, this is so hopeless under the world. It's just realistic. But that does give you the feels when watching it. We'll, we'll do like a famous Buffalo People episode. You can get her. I'll get the butcher, the blade and the bunny and we can have them all on at once. OK, time. That's, that's that's a possibility. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're super out of time. And 
uh, I don't know. I'll post my top 12 on Twitter if you want to do something similar. Yeah. Just I'll, to add a couple more movies I'll, to the list. I'll open Letterboxd for the first time in like eight months and I'll put Make a top a list. list. Make a list. Okay, that sounds good. All right, why don't you plug us up? All right, but everything that you hear on All Booked Up is, is eventually going to yeah, be available at the library. Yes, correct. We have 37 <laughs> locations all throughout Erie County. Uh, they're all open now, so why don't you go ahead and uh, stop on by. You can also visit our website at www.buffalolib.com. Org, see what our uh, hours are and everything, and to check on your own account, place requests, and you get to use all of our e functions as well through Overdrive. So go yeah. ahead and visit, and don't forget to follow us at All Booked Up Pod on Twitter, and let us know what your favorite movies of the year are, and see how many of you also loved Eurovision. Oh God! So ending 2020, I wanted to do some film facts or interesting you know media related things that happened in 2020 that maybe we forgot about maybe they're interesting maybe they're weird crazy bad good we'll see whatever so i like remembering don't forget parasite won the oscar for best film it sure did a foreign film won and that was amazing that's a big deal yep huge deal um another one harvey weinstein was sentenced to prison for sex crimes uh, bye. See you, buddy. Get he out of here. He got away with that for so long. That's a really great thing that happened in 2020. Currently serving his sentence here in Erie County at Wendy and uh, in the middle of possibly getting sent to California for more charges. Bye-bye. Sounds buddy. great. Um, Tenant, although Jacob didn't like it, it was in theaters for like, I feel, 47 months of the pandemic. 47 like, months <laughs> like, and it made about $47. I know. Like every day, you're like, more Tenant, st- Tenant is in theaters still. Tenant is back in theaters? Like, what is he? even going on um hilarious early during the pandemic jared leto and the big brother contestants did not know that it was happening and they found out way after so like jared leto was on like a meditation retreat with no media access so he like came home and was like what's up and that's the same with that big brother show is they're in that house see big brother i get they don't have any access oh man why is he a jerk Come on, Let's man. move on from Come that. On. I'd like to go to a retreat. Um, I would too. And then I, you know, I would like to think that somebody at this retreat would tell me, hey, there's a global catastrophe. Maybe we should. No, you know, man, you're close. unplugged. You are <laughs> unplugged. Um, Quibi launched and then shut down six months yep, later. Yep, um, yep, and a $1.75 billion later. Yikes. What? That was the biggest media disaster of 2020. Talk about wrong time. Right idea, wrong time. And the craziest celebrity thing that happened in 2020 is Macaulay Culkin turned 40. Yep. What? Could have done without that. No, I'm just forever old here. On that note, don't do drugs, kids. Little little side note here from All Booked Up. You're the worst negative Nelly of them all. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our end of the year list. Um, Last episode, we did books, so you can check that one out as well. And uh, we will catch you next time. Bye.